Welcome to the Writer Showcase Podcast. I'm Phil Nasons, and I'm the host of this weekly podcast brought to you by the authors and you, the listening public. If you would like to be a guest on the show or would like to support the work being done here, please contact me at thewritershow.wordpress.com, and I will be in touch with you right away. Our guest tonight is the author of the crime thrillers, the DCI Jones casebook, Raymond Francis Collins, the DCI Jones casebook, Ellis Flynn, and the soon-to-be-released psychological thriller, The Transition of Johnny Swift. Please welcome author Carrie J. Donovan to the Writer Showcase podcast. Carrie, welcome to the podcast. How you doing, man? Welcome back. Oh, hi, Phil. Great to see you, uh, speak to you again. It's great to have you here. What's What's been going on since the last time you were here? Oh, wow. I did... I, it, Things have just gone ballistic. Uh, I, I just <laughs> well, first of all, I finished the book I was talking about last time. My work in process, uh, in progress. That's uh, the transition of Johnny Swift, and I did something I didn't think I was going to do. Actually, I um, I sent it out to a new publishing impression, and they accepted it straight away. Um, so that really knocked me out. So I've been working on finishing it, editing, editing it, and getting it ready for launch. So you've been picked up by a publisher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Congratulations. That's what we want to see. You know, one of the reasons that I do this show is so that uh, independent authors can put together a media kit, be interviewed, and prepare themselves to be interviewed. And then what we try to do is we send them out to as many or I should say send the show link out to as many publishers as we can, literary agents. We try to get as many people involved because I don't want you folks to be independent. I want you to be with publishers so you don't have to spend all your time on Twitter and more time writing. And I, I can't take any credit for what you would accomplish here, but what is Britain's next bestseller? Ah, that's, um, that's a new concept, I think, for the UK. It's crowdfunded publishing. Um, and basically what that means is they do the vetting, uh, the pre-vetting that an agent would do in terms of the quality of the manuscripts they receive. And then they put it out to the public to ask them to um, pre-order on the strength of what of the package we put together as both publisher and author. So... I have a target of the number of books I need to pre-order. When I meet that target, I, I, I then receive the publishing deal and everything goes through in the, in, in the traditional manner. But this sort of pre-ordering process is, is a sort of a proof of concept to, to demonstrate that I have an audience out there for my book. And it's the same with the others on, on, on the, uh, in the launch team. And I think there's about 20 of us out of maybe three or four thousand um, manuscripts they've received, uh, the twenty of us that have um, been invited to join the launch team. So I'm absolutely delighted, to be honest, and, and a little bit surprised. So, <laughs> so I'm happy, happy. Why would you be surprised? Your work is good. Well, thanks. Um, it's it's this self-deprecatory thing that I. I know I'm never quite sure how well my work is received, and to have other people say it's great and buy 
you know, the self-published works, it's fine. But it, but when a professional team say, yeah, we we want to support you, we want to, you know, um, push the boat out for you, that that just makes a heck of a difference, really. It, it's I I don't know. It's just an added an added uh, bonus. Love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I understand that. Yeah, I understand that. My daily show. Every time a new station picks it up, I'm always thrilled because it's it's someone who wants your show. You know, it's just like selling a book or having your book in a bookstore. They yeah. believe enough in you and what you're doing to air it on their station or to place that book up on their shelf. You know, and obviously they want to profit from it too, and that's fair enough. But oh, it's yeah. a it's a kick, isn't it? It's it's brilliant, and it, it's a sort of um, self fulfillment really, because they wouldn't want to put a Duff manuscript on their um, order list on their pre order list. Because it reflects badly on them, so to have um, a very nice bunch of people support me and and want to help, um, it, it's just sort of fantastic, really. <laughs> but you first have to sell the 250 pre-orders, though, right? Well, yeah, yes, that's right, and that's one of the reasons why I contacted you recently and asked if we could do another one of these pods. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Now, when will this begin? When does all this start? When do you have to start? pre-ordering are you going to have like a special day where this begins or a special uh event or anything like that yes well the britain's next bestseller website goes live on the 28th of march that's uh, five days next friday and um what we'll have on there is uh an idea they'll explain the, the concept behind the the impression and each of the launch authors will have their own web page author page within that to explain the book give a bio uh, i've got a little video on there of me explaining a little bit about giving a, a synopsis about the book and it will also show how many uh, what my pre-order target is now I can tell you that now it's 250 books, and the English price uh, for the paperback is eight pounds ninety nine because because the book's quite a long one. It's not um, it's not a short read. It's nearly a hundred thousand words. So obviously the cost of printing is taken into consideration. So that works out. I, I did some maths actually. That works out at um, fourteen dollars eighty seven in in US. So I'm I'm guessing that's a pretty standard. I've had a look, and that's pretty standard for a, a paperback. So, you know, it's it's um, it's a good good price. And what happens is, um, the readers will take a look at the site. Hopefully, uh, they'll decide which one which books they'd like to pre-order, place a pre-order, and then that goes towards the 250 I need to meet. Uh, and they will. There are sorts of other benefits to to placing pre pre-orders. Like you get a, a, a link to me, and we get to chat, and, and there are various other things on the website. Um, and the 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 good thing, the, the the reason, although it's quite tricky to sell 250 books in a short period. I, I have three uh, 12 weeks to do this. If for any reason I don't meet the target or any of the authors don't meet the target, the money, the pre-order money is fully refunded without, without, you know, instantly. So, you know, there's no, 
there's no risk involved. Otherwise, I wouldn't have um, put my name forward to the project. So, in other words, the publishing deal is conditional yeah. based on the order. So, you, you have an opportunity to be published. You just need to sell 250 pre-orders. Minimum, yes, that's right. But I'm hoping to sell a lot more than that because I've had um, quite a good uh, feedback from my fans and um, people who have already asked, why can't I pre-order yet? <laughs> now, where can they do this? Can they do this at your website? Yeah, my website will have a link to the Britain's Next Best Seller website. Um, and there'll, there'll be a button to push that will get you straight to my author page on the BNBS site. And as I said, all, all the details and uh, will be on the site so where you could talk to me and, and see the videos and everything. And, and it'll explain the whole process. And it's a, it's a sort of it's, it's a very good concept for people uh, like myself who've who've. Uh, pretty beginner to the game but we will get the support of this hub to work from which is great and of course there's a sliding scale once i've uh, once i've hit the, the 250 target um the, the the next level up produces gives me more of a promotions budget from the team up um, to the stage where where we get into the bestseller ranks which is what I'm obviously dreaming of, but uh, you know, baby steps to begin with. And that's the way it should be. You know, you were six weeks ago, you were uh, in the trick bag, you know, because you were, well, without a publisher, without any hope of getting one. So the, the, things are moving well for you, and that's, that's a very good thing. I'm very happy for you. Thank you very much, Phil. I'm, 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 but it all falls down. It all boils down to how good the manuscript is. Absolutely. And uh, I have not had the privilege of reading this manuscript yet because the author hasn't sent it to me yet <laughs> well i i it was a bit short notice actually this uh the, the whole uh, concept i mean i i first of all i have to ask now that i have a publisher <laughs> potential publisher i have to ask you know just to check out that it's okay i send advanced review copies right well, and i didn't have a chance to send you one in time i it, mean i'm it, a bit bashful that's okay in this uh in this instance uh, i'm familiar with these people a little bit and I've, I've emailed with them a couple of times, so I don't think they're going to mind. But that's, that's, you take your time with that. Anyhow, is this a relief that you're finally being noticed and being published? Because you've been writing for a while, and I'm sure there were times when you figured or thought to yourself, you know, sod this, I have to make a living and support my family. Is this a relief for you? Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those uh, decisions where you think, as a writer, you, you, you think, oh, after so many rejections, sod it, I'll go it alone. Uh, a bit of the um, uh, spoiled grapes thing. Um, and, and, and to a certain degree, as a, as a self-published author, although you've got to do everything yourself, you are your own boss and you take a full whack of whatever you make. But being alone is lonely, and you get nobody except friends. And and you mean I can't help, I can't pay for an editor, for example. So my editor, um, the one who helps me most, is she's doing it for for she volunteers her services, and I do a quid pro quo arrangement with her. But obviously, with the publisher behind me, I will get that support. But once I've tripped over the the minimum requirements issue, so so yes, it's 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 really helpful to have somebody at the back. So I I didn't 
jump up. Sorry, I didn't go along the the uh, tr traditional publishing route lightly. But the BNBS service, I think, offers me the best because, to be honest, their royalty deal is superb compared to the industry standard. And I keep all the rights to the books, unlike the traditional publishers who, who hold the rights to any, any of the books they, they host. In the main, I'm talking in general, they keep it for the life of the author plus 70 years. Now, Britain's next bestseller allow me to keep my own rights and they give pretty well the, de the, the best royalty cut on the market, what I've ever seen anyway, which is 50% of all net, which is significantly better than most of the um, publishing contracts I've ever read. And now they will market the book for you too, so you don't have to spend all your day on Twitter uh, retweeting the same link 25 times a day? Initially, I mean, all all published. From what I understand from my uh, published, uh, yeah, my traditionally published friends, is that no matter how big the publisher, the traditional publisher, the author still has to do a hell of a load of work, you know, a promotion work, because the, gone are the days of the huge, uh, mag magic bullet. A promotions budget unless your name happens to be George Clooney and you're releasing an autobiography where they'll throw big bucks at it but for a, an, an unnamed author or in, in the UK it would be David Beckham I guess but for an unknown author they they don't put a big budget out. so more and more the traditional uh, uh, players are asking authors to do what self-published authors have, have always had to do anyway so you know it, it's a little bit it's, it's a it's a difficult decision i mean i'm still having to do a lot of promotion work but you're right once i've proven that the 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 issue that i can sell books and i have sold books anyway but once i've proven that issue then the 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 there's there's less of a risk for the publisher to put the money in yeah all right of course yeah of course yeah so that, that makes sense i mean i mean they're running a business after all it's not a charity so, so they need to, that, that 250 baseline limit covers their initial impression costs. So there isn't a risk. See, that's perfect. So yeah, you, you produce and they deliver. Yeah, absolutely right. And they help me to, to deliver. Obviously, if, if, if things did take off, they, they, they hold first dibs on international sales as well. So let's say, for example, the transition of Johnny Swift did take off and make a make a big hit. Um, they might then decide to say, okay, let's see what we can do about promoting this in America. So they will then have the opportunity to take that on. But I will get get the same royalty cut no matter where they sell through. And if you know, if it if it turned out to be something like um, uh, uh, you know Harry Potter with a little figurines and a TV show or films, and obviously BNBS get the first opportunity to market <laughs> i'm talking grandiose plans here but you know what i mean well why not we, we could all dream why not that's part of the deal you know yeah yeah, yeah that's right i mean jk I'm, I'm, rowling's look what happened to her exactly right exactly so and she had far more rejections than i ever had to begin with i mean i've been lucky so far this was your first pitch right well in effect yeah it, it, it was the first serious one uh, i've done i've sent out 
Um, for Ellis Flynn, that's the second in the Casebook series, I sent out eight, was it 12, can't remember now, um, query letters, and I received four rejections, and the other eight, if there were, were ignored. So I thought, you know, that's a bit rude, I don't like that, I'll, I'll carry on. And everything took too long as well. That's another thing about BS, BMBS, because they insist on the... Uh, the 250 pre-orders to demonstrate that they can sell the book. They also um, promise once the pre-order timetable has completed, they will publish within the following 12 weeks, right? So that people who place a pre-order on day one don't have to wait two years to get a book, which I think is fantastic because the, the big the big guys take ages to put a book out. Well, that makes sense, you know. But the big guys have a lot of a lot of more options. They have only what twenty right now, so that makes yeah, sense. But they're just getting started. I mean, that's how it works. Yeah, and I before you see what happened was somebody put my one of my great mates in Australia, who's always on surfing the web. She found a link to BNBS, uh, Britain's Next Bestseller, um, who were calling for submissions. And um, there wasn't a, gen, um, a genre issue either. They, they, they were quite widespread in their fiction. So I was sent this link. And on the link, it said, we need completely finished uh, and professionally edited manuscripts by a certain date. I think it was the 1st of March. Um, and Johnny Swift wasn't ready. Uh, and that's where the surprise I talked about earlier came out. I mean, I didn't think the book was ready in that form. So I emailed um, Muriel at, M Muriel at um, BNBS and said, look, it's not going to be ready, I don't think, by the 1st of March. Um, so I won't actually um, send you the manuscript. And she said, oh, please do if you think it's ready. There's no fault. But we could delay, you know, you could you can picture any time after that because we're open we're, we're, I think they're going to be continually open to uh, uh, new submissions which is another point in their favor so at, at the end I mean I, I, mad panic my last trip to the UK I spent the whole fortnight up till about three in the morning editing um, I, uh, sort of fielding the the edits from my Australian and my Canadian editor feeding those changes back into the manuscript and I still wasn't absolutely happy with it on the on the deadline date when I submitted it so I was quite happy quite almost expecting a rejection but the next day BNBS said yeah we'd love to go with it thank you and and you know for that speed of turnaround and it wasn't just I mean, she demonstrated to me that she'd read the first three chapters and the last chapter as well by what, the way she discussed it. Obviously, she didn't have time to read the whole book and you wouldn't expect her to. But, I mean, that sort of... I mean, she promised what... She did what she promised she would do. So that, you know, had, had um, gave me some good, um, good vibes for, for the whole process. And, in fact, they've done that all the way through. Whatever they said they're going to do, they've done it. Uh, and that's not an experience you always get in uh, in the professional world, I can assure you. Nope, you sure can't. That's for sure. Well, we're really happy for you now. 
Thank you. You've done two books already. You've published two books. Uh, the first one was the DCI Jones casebook, Raymond Francis Collins. Now, what's that book about in a nutshell? Well, that's part of my casebook series, which is um, a crime thriller based on the main character, who is Detective Chief Inspector David Jones. He's uh, a 50-something experienced um, detective. And he works, he's based in Birmingham. And now and again, he tells me, <laughs> he tells me about a, an interesting case that I might like to write up. But I have to change the names to protect the, um, the guilty and the innocent. So the Raymond Francis Collins. Oh, I've got a little, I've got a little addition to that, actually, that no, nobody, nobody knows about but my closest friends. Raymond Francis Collins, which is now currently um, hitting the, the bestseller ranks in Amazon, that I've actually written uh, a sequel to that that will come out probably the year after next, oh, well, sorry, in, in 2015, to find out what happens next. So anybody who's read that little novelette and knows the ending, who then thinks the sequel is... Ellis Flynn, my second book, have a surprise coming for because Raymond Francis Collins is coming back. <laughs> so that's that, and that won't be a case book. That will be something entirely different. That will be a science-based thriller, or what's now called lab thriller, <laughs> laboratory thriller. So I mean, that's the stock press news you've heard today. For the, I don't think anybody else knows that. Well, good. We look forward to that. Now, Ellis Flynn was your second book. Yes, thank you. And, and again, the same thing, right? It's the DCI Jones Casebook Series, yeah. Ellis Flynn. And we talked about that on my show. And tell us a little bit about Ellis Flynn. Ellis Flynn uh, grooms uh, a teenage girl, Holly Jardine, and kidnaps her. And so she's a missing teenage case. Uh, as is um, unfortunately happens quite a lot in uh, in current day, and David Jones and his um, special crimes unit, serious crimes unit, is uh, asked when is on the case, and he cha he uh, through um, let's say a, a combination of modern and traditional policing te techniques or te uh, skills i.e. David Jones does not surf the internet, does not know about IT, but his, uh, his um, subordinates do. So working together, they discover where Ellis Flynn has taken Holly. And it turns out that uh, she's been abducted and taken to France. So part of the book takes place in Birmingham. And the middle section of the book takes place in France, where I'm based now. And the final third takes place back in, well, I don't want to give too much away because, um, because that's, I think I've, that's a good book. And I don't want to give away too many spoilers. But I've had some fantastic feedback since we last spoken to you and some good sales. So, um, yeah, things are, things, are hap things are happening. So I haven't ditched the casebook series because there are uh, three more books in the pipeline at the very least and a prequel <laughs> set in 1975 when DCI Jones was a constable. So those are uh, already part written. 
but I've paused that now to put all my um, emphasis and all my concentration onto the uh, transition of Johnny Swift, which will be uh, a series if it's popular, because there's there's a, an awful lot. I've I've we'll talk to, we'll talk about that in a minute, won't we? I think. Yeah, we can talk about that now. In fact, so now the transition the transition of Johnny Swift. Yeah, that that's a, a big departure from what the DCI Jones Casebook series is all about. How did it come to be? Well, that, that, I, I'm a member of a, an online authors um, group, and um, there are challenges we put put each other um, to to just change up, ramp up a bit. Sh- write a short story, write a flash fiction, write a biographical piece. You know, just for just for fun. And one of the groups on there was um, a horror um, uh, group that, that that deals with that sort of paranormal uh, type stuff. Now, I'm not a great fan of horror, and I don't read many horror books because I don't find them particularly horrific at my age because I've read quite a bit, you know. Um, so I was doodling on the phone one day. You know when you, you, you get that horrible electronic music while you're, waiting for, while you're on call waiting? And, uh, <laughs> oh, God, I was trying to talk to the bank to get some money across from England into France. Takes forever sometimes. And I was actually doodling hard old school with a pen and paper. And a title, the title, came up. Came, I don't know where it came from. It, I just juggled it down. I put the word transition next to the most um, inane name I could think of, Johnny Swift. Now, to me at the time, it sounded like um, a maybe a 19... The guy, the character, sounded like a 1970s uh, motorcycle trick rider. You know, uh, the guy that jumps over canyons? I'm not sure if I'm supposed to mention his name. <laughs> but that sort of figure, Johnny Swift. Now, I didn't want to write about that sort of character, but I liked the title. And from the title, I started writing... And the titles, the book's main character is, his name is actually Frank Brazier, Fiery Frank Brazier. And he's a racing driver uh, in a junior race series, the F2500 Championship, which, which is a series I made up for the book. But his goal is to make the Formula One big time. And at the start of the book, we have him, I have him sitting in the cockpit of his car at the, um, at the pole position at the start of the final race of the season. And he has to uh, win the race. Well, he doesn't ex- even have to win the race. He's so far ahead. There's only one guy in the race that can, can, can pip him for the championship. And all he needs is one point. But he hasn't told anybody, his family or friends, that for the previous four or five months, he sees something that can't be there. He sees a vision, an image um, that that isn't that doesn't exist, can't exist, and he's worried that he's got a brain tumor or he's going mad. He can't tell anybody. And on the start, at the start of the final race of the season, this thing who he's called the Shadow Man, because it looks a little bit like a shadow, but it isn't, it's grey and transparent. 
is sitting on the nose cone of his car. And his during the race, this thing is trying to put him off, and he can't understand. You know how 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 during a, a when you're driving, not that I've ever driven in a race, but when you're driving, you need your concentration, and this thing seems to be trying to put him off. Anyway, that was the basic concept of the book, and it moves on from there to 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 um, place where Frank really doesn't want to be. Uh, he gets in. He is injured uh, in a crash, but it's not a car crash. Very early on in the book, so there's no spoilers, and I, I've mentioned this in my video, um, in the video promo. There's a train crash, and he ends up in hospital, strapped to his hospital bed, blind. He's got bandages around his eyes. He's scarred. He's broken bones. Terrible headache, and he hears voices. And the voices he hears uh, can't can't be there because they're not real voices. They're not the, they don't sound the same as the nurses and his girlfriend who are by his bedside. And then he learns that um, his travelling companion on the train, his sister Paula, she's in the room next door, but she's on life support, and the doctors have diagnosed brain death, and they want to turn off the life support because Paula has uh, signed a uh, an organ donor card and in her wishes she wants to give up her organs when she's dead and Frank's father and everybody else wants to accede to Paula's wishes but one of the voices Frank's hears in his head is from Paula sounds and fascinating boy I tell you well, that, that, I take it from there to uh, put Frank through the ringer, actually. And, and I've been, I've had some, a couple of, um, well, quite a bit of feedback from uh, advanced review copy reviewers who've, um, who've been very kind and, and said it's um, character study rather than a, a straight out horror and psychological thriller fits the bill better than horror. And that's what we're that's what we're selling the genre as. Although, although, as you know from my background from the last time we chat, uh, we talked about. Um, we, we, sorry, for, from our last interview, my background or part of my background is I'm a scientist, so I use science uh, in science. The scientific world informs a lot of my writing. And exactly the same thing happens in the transition of Johnny Swift. So there you go. Sounds terrific. Now, Thank one, you. once again, how can people um, pre-order this book? Okay, just to remind you, then we're, we're, um, on my website, which I understand you'll be showing uh, the, the link to my new website. Yeah. On, Absolutely. On... It'll be in the it will be in the show notes. It'll Fantastic. also be in the uh, YouTube video. Brilliant. Well, on my website, there will be a link. That, that I've got a special page on, you know, new releases about the book. And in there will be um, a, a link to the Britain's Next Best Seller website. And that will go straight to my page where there will be all the bump and the video we, I, I talked about. Um, and the link to how you can pre-order. It's, it's, it's quite straightforward. I, I, I don't know the actual details whether it's a paypal or a 
you know, a credit card arrangement. But um, you set your pre-order, and there'll be a little sliding bar to show to show the readers how how I've been, you know, how, how successful the, the, you know, how many pre-orders I've had, and it will also tell the readers what other benefits they have. I mean, one of the benefits, for example, is they all the people who pre-order will receive the paperback two weeks before anybody else does, so they have a chance to to read and review it. And there are other, other, other advantages, and there's a prize ticket, and there's, there's all sorts. It's, it's, it's all on the BNBS website, which you can get through my website. And there's also a Facebook launch. Yes, yes, the, there's uh, the the BNBS books. That's that's actually the face the Facebook um, address. It's um, BNBS books. Hit enter when you're in Facebook. That'll take you to the site, and it, it'll show you about. It'll it'll tell you all the other uh, authors that are on it. And it, it's it's a mixed bag actually. It's very interesting that they haven't just um, stuck to one genre. There are children's books in there, and um, there are there's a Apparently, there's a fantastic psychological thriller in there as well. Yeah. And that's called The Transition of Johnny Swift. Oh, and how did you know? I, I did know. Of course I did. Now, uh, here's the thing. Now, you can... This is on March the 31st? No, March the 28th. March 28th. So this... That's when you're listening to this, you hit that link. Yes, please. And then you uh, go over there and pre-order this book. Please. And please. in six months, you'll get it back. And Carrie will get itself a publishing deal. Because yes. he works really hard and deserves it, and everybody will be happy. I tell you what, I wish you a lot of luck with this, Kerry. Good luck. Thank you so much for being on the show. You come back and let us know how you did. Thanks very much indeed for having me, Phil. Always yeah. a pleasure. My pleasure, too. Thank you. That was author Kerry Donovan. You can find him over at www.kerryjdonovan.com. Pick up the transition of Johnny Swift while you're over there. Grab his DCI casebook series. Those are great books. I've had the privilege of reading at least one of those. And I think you'll enjoy it too. And that's going to close this edition of the Writer Showcase podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or would you like to support the work being done? Because these guys, the more famous they get, the more money it costs me in bandwidth. Let us know. You can click that donate link or click that contact Phil Link and we will get you on the show right away. Until next time, I'm Phil Mason. Enjoy the reading. Mm-hmm.